One thing that every driver wants, besides victories, is more and more seat time. And so how do they accomplish this without actually being in the car? Through simulation. Sure, they can set up simulation rigs at home, but how do they handle it when they're on the road and at the track? Our next guest, Greg DeJoris, with Symmetric Driver Performance Labs, has an answer. Stay tuned. Hundreds of drivers with dozens of teams compete in multiple series with one ultimate goal, to race in the Indianapolis 500. Yet each year, only 33 dreams come true. These are the stories that make up the 33 Dreams of Indy. Welcome to 33 Dreams of Indy. Greg, how are you doing today? Fantastic. How are you, Robert? Real good. So tell me more about Symmetric Driver Performance Labs. And uh, while you're doing that, congratulations on uh, being named an official partner of the Road to Indy series presented by Cooper Tire this upcoming season. Yeah, thank you. Like you just said, that's we're very excited to be an official partner of the series this year. Uh, we worked primarily in IMSA last year, but it's great to be working with a completely different series this year in addition to IMSA. Um, so yeah, like you said, Symmetric Driver Performance Labs is what I consider North America's premier uh, mobile driver coaching lab. So we have a commercial grade driving simulator built into the back of a 45 foot gooseneck trailer that we bring to race events all over the country. And that really allows us to work with drivers in a simulator environment while at the racetrack between sessions and before them. Um, which really provides a unique opportunity for drivers to supplement what they're doing on the racetrack and improve the performance between sessions. I mean, a driver's got to bring their their gear, their helmet, everything else. And I have seen online some pretty exotic uh, setups that folks have at home. I don't think they're going to be bringing those on the road. Uh, or I've also seen some where they have the steering wheel propped up onto the uh, edge of the dresser in the hotel room. <laughs> I don't know if those are the professionals that we're talking about. So seat time is so valuable. And you talk about that mobile aspect. What was your inspiration for, for doing that and bringing it mobile? So, so my background before I launched this business last year was that I was a data engineer with professional racing teams, uh, mostly in sports car stuff in IMSA. Um, and I've worked with a lot of drivers, coaches, teams, and I always saw that there was a lack of or very limited practice time that drivers have on a race weekend. I mean, uh, most in IMSA drivers get 90 minutes or two hours of total practice time before they have to go qualify and race. And that's spread out over a four day period. Um, but they have to share that with a co-driver in most instances. There's long red flags due to other incidents on track or something else going on. And then there's obviously either rain delays or you're allowed to go drive, but it's in the rain and you know it's not going to rain during the qualifying race, so it's kind of pointless racing time. So with all the other time that drivers have on a race weekend, to be able to use that in a simulator, I think that goes a very, I feel very strongly that can go a very long way in helping prepare. A simulator will never replace actual track time. I'm the first person to tell you that. Uh, but it can go a very long way in supplementing what you're going to do and taking a big bite out of the first part of the learning curve uh, at every racetrack that these dri drivers go to. Well, I never see a professional golfer go out and take the course without going to the range first. Uh, they hit a bucket of balls. They go through their, their, uh, their gears, shall we say, as they work through the clubs on it. So it makes sense uh, to do that. Um, I was reading through your bio. You are definitely a, uh, what I would consider a 33 dreamer uh, from that period of time. Um, with the Indianapolis 500, what, what, what's this? I read that your first word was was uh, a race car or a car, and then uh, also uh, while the Indy 500 was on, and then uh, also one of your first jobs was working on Ferraris. Now, now you got to tell me about this because I got to tell you, it reminds me of my brother because uh, I'm, I'll 
sidebar here a little bit. My brother got me into racing, got the family into racing. There was a TV commercial that came on in Yakima, Washington uh, for Yakima Speedway. Saturday night racing, coming to town. And he would point at the screen and he'd go, race car, race car, race car. Now he's, you know, a couple years younger than me, uh, but he was immediately drawn to that. We went to the races and I guess the rest is history from that standpoint. So how did you get your start there way back when? <laughs> well, I suppose now that you told your story, it's a little cliche that my first was, word was car too. Um, but yeah, no, my, my parents, my parents always remind me of this story because they're always angry about the fact that my, my first word wasn't mom or dad, it was a car. <laughs> uh, and yeah, like you said, I was watching the Indy 500 with my legs crossed or whatever, whatever, a year old or whatever it was. Um, and since then I've been, some, my parents would say I've been burdened with the passion for motorsports, but I don't look at it that way. Um, yeah, so I always grew up watching cars, watching a lot of racing, grew up watching Formula One. Uh, I was a really big Ferrari fan. Uh, still am, but have a different perspective on a lot of it now. Uh, and that, the, my Ferrari passion led me to eventually working as a, starting to detail cars. One of the first uh, high-end cars that ever detailed was an F40, which is kind of jumping in at the deep end with, with a lot of with high-end cars. Um, and then that kind of one thing led to another. I got my degree from Penn State uh, in mechanical engineering, worked on the Formula SAE team a lot. Uh, made the decision in late in college to actually pursue motorsports as an actual career, not just a hobby. Um, one thing led to another, and then I got into sports car racing as a data engineer a couple of years later. And now in 2020, I'm I'm the owner and founder of a, a mobile sim lab that I bring to race events all over the country. So it's been a pretty cool story. Uh, I uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It really is, and I think it's the stories behind and the the passion. I don't know if it's really being burdened with it, uh, but I'm looking at it from this side of the catch fence, not the, not the the other side, because uh, sometimes I'm accused of putting what is it putting the fanatic and fan or vice versa yeah. uh, as, as to what goes into it. So uh, you've done that. Um, Penn State University engineering degree, and then uh, going into the the motorsports, I guess it was a passion, but you saw some practical application for that. How are you applying that now today in the uh, simulation system? So yeah, like you said, uh, I have a degree from Penn State in mechanical engineering. Um, what I think I bring to simulators, it might be different from other sim labs or what from simulator experiences that people have uh, at home is that I spend a lot of time finally validating the car models that we have. I, I'm not, I would never claim that I'm a driver or specifically a driver coach. I'm an engineer who's worked with a lot of drivers and knows how to use math and science to make a driver faster. Um, so we take a lot of, a, put a lot of effort into finally validating the car models that we work with. Uh, the software that we work with is Assetto Corsa. I'm, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has heard of iRacing, which we also have access to in our semi, but I primarily use Assetto Corsa because it's open source, which allows us to actually go in and manipulate everything about a car's modeling, whether it's the physics, the tire behavior, suspension, geometry, drivetrain stuff, um, anything I can go in and manipulate to make it so that the cars are realistic. Many who watch iRacing and who are actually drivers, they know that there's not really any of the roads to Indy cars on iRacing. And the closest thing is, I suppose, the, skip, the Formula Skip Barber car or the Dallara F3 car that's in there, which is close if you have nothing else to work with. But I actually have uh, the USF 18, the Pro Miles, or I'm sorry, the USF 17, the Pro Miles, the 18, and the Indy Lights uh, 15 car models. And I'm actually going to be validating them with Kyle Kirkwood hopefully in the next week or so before we actually get to any road to Indy events. So when the, the drivers in the series get into our sim, they'll drive their exact car. And it's really just a matter of what setup they have on their actual car and how it relates to what we do in the sim. That's the adjustment has to be made. So um, I think that's what we do that's really unique. 
I'm sure there are other sim places that do it. I'm not going to complain, claim that I'm the only one, but that's something that I, I think I'll definitely be the only person bringing it to the racetrack. I'll put it that way. I'll, I'll say at Daytona because I, I had the pleasure of seeing the system at the uh, Roar before the 24 and then also uh, at the 24 hours itself as, as drivers were using it to actually prepare uh, also in the uh, touring cup uh, system or touring class system that was the, uh, at Daytona. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the system. So you talked about it being a uh, uh, the equivalent of a fifth wheel setup or a gooseneck setup in the in the trailer. Um, as you walk in and and uh, when we're at training um, that's coming up, the preseason testing, uh, we'll also share with you on Thirty Three Dreams of Indeed some videos of the inside and be able to uh, go through the system. Um, but in the back portion of it, I like to think that it's almost like a recording studio. Would you agree that you have a, yeah. uh, three 75 inch, um, 4k video monitors that give a, a total immersion to it? Uh, the driver sits in that system. Uh, what particular system is that, that, uh, you're using? And, and if I wanted to put one of those in my house, could I do the same thing? Uh, yes, yeah, so the, the first part of the question is that it's a CXC Motion Pro 2. They're a simulator company that we're partners with. Uh, they're out of LA. I've, I was actually been on the phone with them a couple times this week working on some other things right, uh, right now. Um, but yeah, anyone can custom order the simulator the same exact way that we have it. There's no custom build aspect. I didn't build it in my garage uh, over the winter or anything like that. It's just a custom order. And that was really important to me because I wanted to be able to have a system Obviously, that's extremely robust, that's commercial grade, that feels as real as possible, but I also want something that if clients choose to do so, they can actually order exactly the same system and have it set up at their home so that I could be able to support them with it, rather than me as an engineer developing my own system. Uh, potentially, is not as reliable. It might cost a lot less, but there's, a, there's always a bit of a trade-off there, and I chose to, to do something that was actually already existing. So it's got the uh, recording studio take to it that they're inside with the glass. Uh, you're able to talk to them if you need to, because outside of it, um, that's where the, the magic happens, I guess you'd say, although the driver would say otherwise, um, is all of your data that you're collecting and the number of data points that you have outside, like a record producer that's able to collect the information, um, you're able to do that give the debriefs on the, the video screens that you have then of what you're going through. One thing I found very fascinating um, was the eye tracking technology. Um, the, the, you know, your, your, your car goes where your eyes go, I guess is uh, what, what we've heard from racing in the rain or racing in the rain, but uh, yeah. uh, it, it, it sounds like it's actually true. Uh, mm -hmm. That system I, I haven't seen on a whole lot of other uh, sims or applications. Yeah, so like you said, we have the eye tracking, the Toby Pro Glasses 2 that we use that we've kind of integrated into our SIM training program. They're actually a standalone system. They're glasses that use, they have a forward-facing camera on the bridge right between your eyes, and then they have infrared scanners in the back. That in layman's terms, they just track where your eyes are and map that onto the forward-facing video that we record, uh, which basically lets you see a first-person point of view with a small circle that bounces around the tracks where your eyes are focused. In racing, everyone, we always talk about you need to look further down the road, you, you, you go where your eyes are. So if you can control where your eyes are, that's great. Um, but up until lately, we haven't had any way of actually recording and analyzing the information, and now we have that ability uh, to do. To me, as a data engineer, I'm all about collecting as much information as possible. We have all the video, all the thousands of channels that are coming off of a car. Um, but they're only good for actually telling us what happened, even if it's live, they're only telling us what actually happened. Whereas the eye tracking glasses are kind of a glimpse into the why. Why did the driver do that? When they lost a little bit of control and they're getting a little aggressive on power out of the corner and the car gets a little 
sideways, do they look at the wall or do they look down the road? And you can, the results will be pretty, they'll quickly, pretty quickly tell you what you actually did. So in the sim, we can watch that live. Um, we put them in, in a driver's helmet in an actual car a few times. Uh, we can't watch it live, but we can at least watch the recording of that. And that's some really very, very cool stuff. Um, I, could, I can imagine that with the overlay of the iPro video that they have and, and mm -hmm. being able to capture that information. What are the challenges? Because you've worked with the younger drivers. You've worked with the more experienced drivers. You've, you've worked with um, um, those that are actually coaching as well. What challenges do the young drivers face? Uh, it's, a, it's a unique challenge to deal with because it's so open-ended. To me, it's that there are so many different options and paths for improving a driver's performance. I mean, there's, I'm just a very small part of that in being in the simulator business, that there's so many different simulators to choose, whether it's building one at home or it's using one at the racetrack or going to uh, a factory simulator somewhere. Again, I'm only a small part of that. You can do whatever mm -hmm. you want. I think there's many different options for people that suit differently. Um, but then in terms of other, it's coaches and teams and budgets you have to work with and so many external factors and sponsors and different series to pick from. There's you really have to closely analyze what your goals are um, and how you want to achieve them. And I it just, it's so open-ended and to, to try to find a path through all of that. I wouldn't say it's difficult. I just think it's, there's so many different ways to go with it that I think that's, that's a unique challenge. I think it's a fun challenge, but I think it's different. Whereas in the olden days there, I say that like I'm some old guy, but. Um, Come more I hair think, than I do. So, Hey, <laughs> Hey, watch it there. <laughs> from what I've, what I've read, uh, I'll put it that way. Um, there weren't nearly as many options for increasing your performance. It was just about being the guy with the most raw skill. There wasn't simulators to work with. There weren't all these different driver coaches and everything like that. Drivers weren't training six hours a day at a gym between races. I, I think it's just there was not, again, I'm not saying any less about it or anything. It's just that it was a different world uh, than mm -hmm. what we had. Today. Yeah. And, and I see a difficulty. This is from observing of getting a consistent message. Um, Everybody has a little bit different approach. I already used the analogy to golf. Uh, Tiger Woods has been through many coaches and they uh, give him things different ways. And one coach may be doing it one way and a David Ledbetter has you very mechanical and doing it another way. So that same thing happens to the, the drivers, especially as they move from karting to karts, um, from their parents giving them as much advice as they can. Uh, what I was drawn to by the simulation and, and your approach is, um, especially from a business background, it's data. It gives you a common measuring point that if I use this system on this particular date, I'm going to turn this particular lap or sector time. And if I get back into the same system with the same conditions, all that other work that you talked about, I could replicate because I did the work in the gym. I did my focus and concentration when they're doing the light uh, uh, touches nice. and all the stuff that uh, a, a company like PitFit does. Um, how did that actually improve? Well, unless you're using the same system with the same validation, with the same data, you aren't going to be able to tell. And that's, that's what's uh, fascinating about this as it, as it goes into this. You, you've touched upon a little bit of the differences with, with iRacing. Mm -hmm. um, iRacing has, has come a long way from good old uh, Papyrus NASCAR racing uh, mm -hmm. to go through it. Um, have you worked any or in, in your past work on that? Or how often do you get in the seat yourself of, of your own system and, and uh, take it for a spin? Uh I'd say it's a very nice perk to be able to drive that sim whenever I want to. Uh, as somebody who's not a really a driver, that's as close as I really get most of the time. So, um, but yeah, so with iRacing, 
just because we use a set of course, it doesn't mean I think any less of iRacing. I just don't think it suits exactly what we're trying to accomplish. Um, the physics are phenomenal. The online racing community is phenomenal, but that doesn't really apply to me. The physics, the way I have it fine-tuned uh, in a set of Corsa, to me, it feels even a little bit better than iRacing. But again, it's about controlling and doing what we want to. So again, I'm not saying anything negative. No. And, and I think the importance there to, to share with, uh, uh, especially the drivers that are watching, um, the specifics that you have of the car models that match, that was also something that uh, I, I'm excited to uh, take a look at it. You're going to be traveling the circus, circuit, and it does sometimes turn into a circus because we've come into town, set everything up, uh, tear down and go. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean that in the positive way. Uh, talk about your logistics as you're looking at preseason, your logistics of uh, attending the races and taking your, uh, um, your truck uh, down the highway. So what's that planning been like? Uh, it's going to be an exciting year. Uh, I have, I've planted out where I have at least 18,000 miles that the trailer needs to travel. Um, and I've done three times as much driving in the last year going to all just the IMSA events than I had ever done since I turned 16. So uh, a lot of driving. It's not necessarily fun because it's a big, heavy truck towing an even heavier trailer behind it. So it's not exactly a race car, but um, definitely a lot of stuff on the road this year that I'm kind of looking forward to. It's making we'll make the first West Coast trip uh, out for Portland and Laguna Seca later in the year, uh, which will be a, a very fun, very long trip. <laughs> it, it will. I've been mapping it out there. Uh... Um, in, in my particular setup, um, I'm also incorporating that in. So it'll all be one trip to go to mid Ohio to gateway. Then we'll stop in Vegas, have to do that. Um, and then go out to the Pacific Northwest, see my family. Uh, also looking forward to, I brought up my brother. He is uh, going to be crew chiefing a sprint car this uh, year. And, um, he's sent me some photos where it's been stripped all the way back to the frame and they're doing their, their off season rebuilds. Um, he's a little jealous of us in Florida. We're already racing uh, when they're still over a, a month, month and a half away from uh, racing out there. Um, so I like to ask this of business owners. I like to ask this uh, when I was back in my business career and I was uh, meeting with a fellow Chamber of Commerce members. Um, in order for 2020 to be a success for Symmetric Labs, blank has to happen. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think to, to put it simply, I'm most looking to have my clients to do well. I want to see them on the podium. I want to see them specifically on the top step. I really want to see my customers and my, the drivers that I work with do better than they would have otherwise. It's, it's really that simple for me. That's really why I'm doing all this. Uh, I, as someone who's not a driver, I find the most um, satisfaction out of seeing the people that I work with do really well. If it's not being behind the wheel, I want to see the person I'm working with do it. Most definitely. Well, wish you the best on that. How can people get in touch with you? I know that you are going to be at the Homestead um, preseason testing, the official road to Indy testing that goes on. Um, mm -hmm. But in the interim, when we post this, how could someone get in touch with you? Uh, you can find any of our, our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter uh, at Symmetric Labs. Uh, you can find us at www.symmetriclabs.com, and I can actually give you my phone number if you want to post with this video as well if people want to reach out ahead of time. Uh, and we will be offering demonstrations to all drivers uh, at the Homestead Test, and if you can't make it to the test, you can catch us on the, on the other races uh, after that.
Fantastic. And parents, you want to reach out and uh, make sure that you uh, schedule that time, uh, get in touch with Greg. If uh, Drop me a note if you need to, and I'll, I'll be the go-between and I'll get the connections. I appreciate your support, uh, Symmetric's uh, support of 33 Dreams of Indy. We've got some uh, big plans as well. Uh, I've got it mapped out to a little bit more than uh, 15,500 miles uh, for the, the RV uh, in the upcoming year. Uh, as we uh, tell the stories and, and get a little bit more in depth with that. Uh, also, we'll be uh, touching base on uh, the F3, F4. Very interesting announcement with the uh, F3 saying that the, um, the winner of that uh, with a scholarship from Honda uh, will be able to progress into Indy Lights. That will be fascinating to see. Uh, and then also the uh, Lucas Oil School of Racing uh, series uh, F, uh, the Formula Ford or F1600. Uh, I'll be touching on a little bit of, of each one of those, but uh, uh, exciting year that comes on to it. Um, folks, if you like the show, I appreciate all the support that we've been getting. Uh, Facebook, we're uh, approaching over a thousand likes. Um, not bad for just uh, launching this, uh, but please hit the subscribe button. Um, subscribe on YouTube. We're also on all of the major players uh, with the uh, podcast, uh, especially if you're going to be doing some traveling to go to the races. I uh, would love if you added this to the rotation and uh, be able to do that. And so, uh, Greg, thank you so much for your time. We'll see you in uh, Homestead. And uh, until next time, everyone, keep dreaming. <laughs>